Chapter 15 of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. Mount Elbers in the Caucasus. Sir R. K. Porter october eighteen seventeen early in the morning we descended the northern side of the town into a plain keeping for a considerable way along the foot of some high well-wooded ground after which we ascended again over a succession of lands until we reached the village and post of zergivskoy a place situated on the slope of a considerable hill conspicuous even as far as stavropol from its being composed of whitish sand which from that distance has the appearance of snow here two cossacks were given me for an escort but how different they were both in person and costume from my friends of the dawn their stature was low their visages rugged and their garb of the wildest and most savage fashion these people belonged to the foot of the caucasus and as i proceeded further i found most of the inhabitants habited in a similar manner a small cloth cap bound with sheepskin or fur fits almost close to their head while a short vest covers their body and falling as far as the knee meets a pair of loose trousers which stuffed into boots completes the uncouth but picturesque habiliment their arms are a musket slung across the shoulder protected from the damp by a hairy case a straight sword fastened to the left side by the belt round their waist a dagger of great breadth and also a large knife pendant from the same on the right and left of their breast is sewn a range of narrow pockets each large enough to hold a wooden case containing a charge of powder the range usually counts six or eight of these charges independent of this magazine few go without a light cartouche box attached to another belt which covers the right shoulder their saddle and the rest of their horse accoutrements differ little from the fashion of most other cossacks both man and horse are in some measure protected by their buka a sort of cloak made of hair of the mountain goat and only manufactured by the mountaineers this forms an excellent defence against rain or wind when brought round the body but in mild weather it is merely tied on behind in addition to the cloak they wear a hood for the protection of the face and ears called a boshlik no fixed colour marks the uniform of the military branch of the imperial cossacks but brown grey and white seem the favourite hues on quitting zergivskoy we mounted the height and continued travelling over a country similar to that we had passed the preceding day we hoped to gain the town of alexandrov before night but were disappointed and obliged to halt at the village of servenaya finding it impossible to proceed on so dangerous a road after dusk we set off however betimes in the morning and after traversing a rather uneven country at the distance of eight or ten versts from our lodgings reached the brow of a very steep hill from whence for the first time i beheld the stupendous mountains of the caucasus no pen can express the emotion which the sudden burst of this sublime range excited in my mind i had seen almost all the wildest and most gigantic chains in portugal and spain but none gave me an idea of the vastness and grandeur of that i now contemplated 
this seemed nature's bulwark between the nations of europe and of asia elborus elbers amongst whose rocks tradition reports prometheus to have been chained stood clad in primeval snows a world of mountains in itself towering above all its white and radiant summits mingling with the heavens while the pale and countless heads of the subordinate range high in themselves but far beneath its altitude stretched along the horizon till lost to sight in the soft fleeces of the clouds several rough and huge masses of black rock rose from the intermediate plain their size was mountainous but being viewed near the mighty caucasus and compared with them they appeared little more than hills yet the contrast was fine their dark brows giving greater effect to the dazzling summits which towered above them poets hardly feign when they talk of the genius of a place i know not who could behold the caucasus and not feel the spirit of its sublime solitudes awing his soul after a description of a ten days journey sir r k porter continues the road lay over a continuation of the extensive plain part of which we had crossed the day before it bore a direction due east on our right rolled the terek breaking over its stony bed and washing with a surge rather than a flowing stream the rocky bases of the mountains which rise in progressive acclivities from its bold shores the day had begun to clear about noon and the dark curtains of vapours which had so long shut these stupendous hills from my sight broke away into a thousand masses of fleecy clouds and as they gradually glided downwards exhaled into ether or separated across the boughs of the mountains the vast piles of caucasus were presented to my view a world of themselves rocky rugged and capped with snow stretching east and west beyond the reach of vision and shooting far into the skies it was a sight to make the senses pause to oppress even respiration by the weight of the impression on the mind of such vast and overpowering sublimity the proud head of elborus was yet far distant but it rose in hoary majesty above all the sovereign of these giant mountains finely contrasting its silvery diadem the snow of ages with the blue misty brows of its intermediate subject range and they being yet partially shrouded in the dissolving masses of white cloud derived increased beauty from comparison with the bold and black forms of the lower mountains nearer the plains whose rude and towering tops and almost perpendicular sides sublimely carry the astonished eye along the awful picture creating those feelings of terrific admiration to which words can give no name after a ride of two versts we reached the key of the celebrated pass into georgia where i rejoined my companions footnote two english miles comprise about three versts russian End footnote there is a tradition here that during the subsiding of the deluge the ark of noah while floating over these mountains in the direction of ararat its place of final rest smote the head of elborus with its keel and the cleft it made in the mountain has remained ever since to give any colour of feasibility to the legend it had better have represented that the ark struck off the top of the one mountain in its passage to the other for otherwise elborus towering as it is being at present much lower than ararat it could not have been touched at all by the sacred vessel floating towards so much higher a region 
but this oral tradition of some junction having taken place between elborus and the earliest personages of holy writ is not the only honour of the kind attached to the history of this celebrated mountain heathen tradition and classical writers affirm that elborus was the huge and savage rock of the caucasus to which prometheus was bound and who but aeschylus has drawn its picture in his pages alone we find the magnitude sublimity and terrors of that stony girdle of the world that quarry of the globe whence all its other mountains may seem to have been chiselled such are its wonderful abysses its vast and caverned sides and summits of every form and altitude mingling with the clouds there is still a tradition among the natives who reside in the valleys of elborus that the bones of an enormous giant exposed there by divine wrath are yet to be seen on its smaller summit indeed the story is so much a matter of firm belief with the rude tribes in that quarter of the caucasus that people are to be found amongst them who will swear they have seen these huge remains sir r k porter travels in georgia persia etc end of mount elbers in the caucasus